Now, the question is this. As Christians, we are striving spiritually from good to better to best. But if good is not the best, does it mean we are sinning? Because sin has two definitions, one being crossing the line, two, not meeting the target. So technically, if we are not the best and are only at good stage, does it mean that we are not good enough and is in constant sin? All right, I think this came about from that question. Well, we are to choose that which is excellent, right? The Christian is to choose that which is excellent, always. And if the Christian is not choosing that which is excellent spiritually in their life, then doesn't it mean that we are always in sin? And not only that, a Christian is always on the way to being best. And we know we are not always at best in every environment, in every situation, in every area. Then are we then therefore always living in sin? So discouraging, right? Now the person rightly has rightly learned that what is sin? Okay, sin in the Bible is defined as not meeting the mark. Not meeting the mark means God set a certain standard. If you don't meet that standard, if we don't meet what he wants us to do, he commands us to do, then we have sin. That is a biblical definition. The other one is, we also know sin is crossing transgression, means crossing where the boundary is. So not only not meeting what God wants you to do and do it to his standard, it's also knowing what is what God tells us to do or not to do, we disobey, cross, transgress. That's why the Bible calls it transgression, right? trespassing. So this is a correct definition. So the person asks, well, we are always trying to meet the mark. Well, yes, um, this the person knows is sin. So what about this? Aren't we then always in sin? Now, especially with respect to we are not choosing the best. So how does how do parents want to answer that if your child asks you that? Daddy, we learn that I must always choose the best. Looks like I'm always sinning. Right? What, what would you say? Uh, maybe Colin Tay. Yes, you're always saying. What would you say? The answer to the question is depends on what the issue is. All right? Depends on what the issue is. Now, what about if your child says, but daddy, there are so many things that I don't know about. I, I didn't, I don't know. So daddy, there must be many things that I'm sinning and I don't know about, right? Then, but if I don't know, is it sin? Daddy, you didn't tell me, right? So I've not sinned. How would you answer? Maybe pick another one, all right? John, how would you answer? As long as he's doing the best? Doing the best. But your child's question is this. 
But Daddy, I do not know that. I didn't know that this is sin. There are many things that the children still don't know is sin, even for adults. And we are doing it. But we should not be blamed, right, if we don't know if it is sin. Maybe I ask Gracia, Gracia, if you don't know that something is sin and you did it, is it still sin? Have you still sinned? Yes. Oh, she is. Now, by definition, sin is not meeting the mark and crossing the line. Transgression, we have fallen short. That is what the Bible says. God did not include whether we know or we do not know. Now, please turn to Leviticus chapter 5. Leviticus chapter 5. Now, first we deal with this idea. Have I sinned? I'm trying my best, but in some areas I do not even know that those things are sin. Have I sinned if I committed them? Leviticus chapter... Let's look at chapter 4, verses 2 and 3 first. Chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Let's read together. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a soul shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done, and shall do against any of them. Verse 3. If the priest that is anointed do sin according to the sin of the people, then let him bring for his sin, which he hath sinned, a young bull, bullock without blemish, unto the Lord. Alright, so here God says there is a sin offering. Now even if a priest sin ignorantly the people sin ignorantly what kind of offering they are to bring a sin offering a sin offering turn to chapter 5 chapter 5 all right now let's read verse 17 to 19 together reading and if a soul sin and commit any of these things which are forbidden to be done by the commandments of the lord though he wist it not Yet he is guilty, all right, so, and shall bear his iniquity. So he, God is clear. You wish it not, means you do not know. Earlier on, sin of ignorance. You are ignorant that these things are sinful. God say, verse, in verse 17, that he is, yet is guilty and shall bear his iniquity. Now look at verse 18, uh, verse 19. Let's read together. He must bring a trespass. It is a trespass offering. He hath certainly trespass against the Lord. So even if you do not know that it is sin, God used this definition, you cross the line. You still cross the line. You trespassed. You, gone, you went beyond the boundaries allowed. You trespassed. So God says, it is sin. Right? So young ones, it is sin. Older people, it is sin. Now, first and foremost, we must know that. Now, then the next question is, but I am trying Things that I know. What about things that I know? Now, first and foremost, ignorance. So the person asks, is it sin or not? Ignorance is sin. So to answer this person's question, if I am good, but not at my best, is it still sin? All right, so your journey is very fast. It's still sin. Because if ignorance is sin, then definitely, if you are not at your best, 
meeting God's standard, it is still sin. So I hope I answered the question. Now we all get very discouraged because we know we can never meet the mark of God, correct? Never. Now then how? Well, first and foremost, let's understand this. Maybe I ask Michelle, knowing that ignorance is sin, knowing that even when I, I am good, all right, I'm good, is still missing the mark, is still sin. Maybe I ask Michelle, how do you feel? Okay, then what's the point? What's the point? What's the point of trying not to sin? Never able to please God because it's still sin, right? Okay, so, well, some of you, oh, then what's the point? Maybe I'll ask another person. Um, uh, Aaron, how would you feel in this? Not sure how to feel. Uh, okay, Josiah, how do you feel knowing that uh, I'm always in sin? Don't know how to feel. Jemima, last one. I'm always sinful. again that I need God even more well that's a good I need God even more well I guess my question is not very specific now when you realize that how do you feel about your salvation Alex oh no I don't ask that doubt Veronica how do you feel about your salvation I feel good <laughs> Jennifer how do you feel about your salvation? Okay, I guess you don't understand my question. Now, when I realize that, I am very thankful that salvation is by grace. Salvation is by grace means it is not about us meeting the mark. It is not about us never crossing the line because we can never, ever meet the mark as God expected, we can never ever say we never cross the line. Salvation by grace is something that we must be very thankful for because none of us can be saved if it's dependent on us. It is dependent on God to complete the work of salvation. Now, then does it mean, all right, does it mean then, well, then it's okay. So, I can keep sinning. Listen to Romans chapter 6 verse 1. Romans chapter 6 verse 1. Romans chapter 6 verse 1. Let's read um, verses 1 to 4 together. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin, live any longer therein. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ 
were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so shall also should walk in newness of life. We should also walk in newness of life. All right? So, now the Christians then also had similar questions. Well, they say, you know, since we are always in sin, and there's nothing we can do to reach God's mark, and we will continue to sin, or say, wow, you know, salvation is by grace. And they had the idea that therefore, there's, I do not need to do, I, need, I do not need to try. I do not need to change. All right? I know when some of you say, then what is the point? Um, probably you mean that, well, it's very discouraging and I just can never please God. I want to please Him, but yet it seems like I can never, right? I can never be able to please God. What is the point? So two kinds of people. One is those who think that since salvation is by grace and, well, we cannot make the standard, then forget it. It's all right, because even when we sin, we don't meet it, God will still forgive us, right? We are forgiven, we are going to heaven. So there is this brand of hyper-grace, that is why you must understand this theology very clearly. Hyper-grace, the teaching, is exactly against Romans 6.1. Since you cannot meet, no one can, then what's the point of trying? Just live as you want to because God, will for God has forgiven your past sins, your present sin, and will forgive your future sins. Don't keep talking about sin, no point. Don't waste time talking about sin. We'll keep sinning. So some are like that. Here Paul says, well, shall we sin that grace may abound? In answer to Joseph Prince. No, just because we cannot meet it, just because we will still cross the line, we are imperfect on earth, does not mean then we just continue in it and say, no point. They're probably saying, no point. Paul say, shall we sin that grace may abound? Means, just keep sinning because the more we sin, the more God forgives, right? The more we prove that God is very gracious. Those were thinking like that. Now, what is the instruction then Paul says? Yes, Paul says, no man can, Paul is the one who gave the definition, God gave him the definition. Sin is falling short of the glory of God. Sin is trespass, all right? So what is Paul's answer to this question where, since I can never meet it, then, then what's the point? Number one, he says, doesn't mean that you keep going on in sin. What's, what's his other answer to it, Pay. How we deal with it. So how should we deal with it? Our attitude towards sin. Alright? Attitude. It's not just keep sinning or no point. Okay, ask the young ones. Cornelius, what is... What is Paul's answer to this question that the Christian had? Very good. Look at the Bible, all right? Don't look at me. Excellent. Paul's answer is found in verse 4. We are saved. Then he says, Even so also we should walk in newness of life. 
Walk in newness of life. Paul did not say, since you can't meet it, it's no point, so just carry on in your sin. Paul did not say, or God did not say, well, since you, you will fall into sin. He said, walk in newness of life. The answer is, I continue to walk in newness of life. Now, if God says you continue to do that, well, yeah, I think it's a good word, attitude. Your attitude. So don't be discouraged. Yes, we are never perfect and sinless on earth, but God says you keep walking in newness of, keep trying, keep trying. And the fact that God asks you to walk in newness of life and you keep trying, I think um, one of the fathers say, as long as we are doing our best, you keep trying. Do your best to try. You are pleasing God already. Because God says, you should not sin, that grace may abound. What should you do? Just keep walking, keep walking, walking. Walking what? Same old way? No, newness. What I learn, I walk in it. I try, I try. And God says, now walk in newness of life. And if you are doing that, you are never perfect in doing that. You can never be perfect in doing that. But you are doing it to your best ability by God's grace. You are pleasing Him. All right, so does it answer your question? As long as you're walking in newness of life. Yes, I'm not meeting this standard. I know there's another question. You are pleasing God. You are. Maybe I'll give you an example. Parents, you tell your child, now, um, go pack your room. All right? Then your child goes and tries, does his best. Um, us mommies, right? Grace, you're right. You ask your child, go, go, and, go and pack your room. And they, they do go, right? Like, they do go, they do, do it, they, they do it. What defines whether you're pleased with them or not? When you open the door. According to my standard. <laughs> Where well, my standard not met? <laughs> I would say that according to my standard. They do what they did what they can. They they earnestly, sincerely tried. And you have different. Alright, so alright, maybe Adrian, Dick and Adrian. The, the standard between Abigail, the room that you expect, the, the, the packing, between Abigail and, and Nathan, you expect the same standard, right? But when you walk in, you would know that the older one can do it better than the younger one, by and large, right? And you say, well, the younger one, well, the younger one really tried. For his age, doing this is pretty good, Right? But it's actually lower standard than Abigail. What he did. How would you feel towards them? Abigail did a better job than, than Nathan. You expect that the older one could do better. Although what she did is better than the younger one, but you know that the older one could do better. Although the younger one did it more less good. Yeah, it's less good, right? Not as good, all right, as the older one. Yet you are pleased with the younger one. 
Although the older one did better than the younger one, but you are not so pleased because you know what she could have done. Correct? And she did not. Now, God knows what is best, all right? So to answer the question, well, besides the fact that I am walking in newness of life, there is that question of attitude in your heart. You know you could do better. So there are a few things, all right? So one is, one is it could be, you know you can do better, but you not, do not try. Do not try. You just say, uh, obey up to this level is good enough. Or, you want to. Nathan wants to. And he has tried his best. Now, God knows your heart. I don't know. All right? If you really tell God, I've tried my best. Well, God knows. God knows. God also knows if you're giving excuses. You know, I cannot at this time of my life, I cannot at this time of my career, I cannot at this time of my school, um, school work, I cannot at this time of my health. You can give all the, all the reasons, but only God knows. God will know whether it is you are honest and sincere. Now, that is the wonderful thing about serving the living God who is omniscient, correct? He knows your heart. He knows your heart. For example, maybe I'll talk about Bible studies. Well, not coming to worship is open. Ten Commandments say it is sin. So you do not need to discuss that. But maybe weekdays, Bible studies, prayer meeting. Well, is it? Well, it is not sin, right? It's not in the Ten Commandments. Now I say, I can't come. Only God knows whether it's genuine or not. Whether you have tried your best. I can't come because of this or that. I could make those changes. I could earn less money. I could, you could. Whether you have done your best, only you know. All right? So, you can also fool your parents and all that. No one knows. Okay, so that is another thing. Now then, as long as you're trying your best, even an earthly father knows that. How much more the heavenly father? You are trying. But of course, then there is you are, you don't care. Now, this is, this is definitely sin, all right? You don't care. Definitely sin, without a doubt. Now, then there is this other thing as well. Well, you are doing your best. But over time, God will show you more that this best, all right, so we say best. So for now, this is good, then you've done best. But God over time will begin to show you more and then you really try. I've done my best. Please, God knows that you cannot meet it perfectly, but God knows your heart. Over time, God will show, he will begin to raise what is best because this is God's mark, for example. He will not let you just say, this is best, this is best, this is He will show you more. This is called progressive sanctification. Understand that. Even for adults, maybe like you used to obey, coming to worship. Then over time, God will show you a little bit more. What does it mean to keep the Lord's day holy? Then a little bit more, when you're in gatherings, what is it like? So you keep trying, you keep changing. 
God says you can never meet my perfect mark, but I am progressively sanctifying you, not so that you will be saved or more saved, but so that you'll be more and more Christ-like all the time. It's increasing, it's increasing, which means it gets tougher. It gets tougher. Just like Adrian will expect that by the time Nathan grows to Abigail's age, Nathan, you need to do this, 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 this as well. And as Abigail grows to another, to another age, you say, now you also need to do this and that in your room. Correct? It's growing all the time. Abigail cannot say, but daddy, I've always done that at that level and you were very happy. Say, but I am helping you to do better. Correct? So the Christian must understand the differences. What is the point? The point of obeying, although I cannot meet, is you are constantly pleasing God when you are trying your best by His grace, by, not by your own strength. Bit by bit, you are trying. You are walking in the newness of life. Every time you learn something that is new, and then there's newer things that God shows you about the new things you have learned, about your family, about your walk, about your obedience, you try to reach the new height by His grace. You're always pleasing Him when you do that. Does it answer your question? Yes? Okay, good. Now, but there is a warning. Look at James chapter 3, verses 1 to 2. James chapter 3, verses 1 to 2. Right? Now God says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Perfect means mature, not sinless. And able also to bridle the whole body. Now, you know, many Christians, they like to take on many things. They want to do this, they want to do that. They, they, they love to, I'm not saying it is wrong to volunteer, but they want to be masters. It is not that they want to do well for the Lord. They want to be masters. I want to be Sunday school teacher. I want to be pianist. I want to be facilitator. I want to be committee lead. I want to be camp master. I want to be AV lead. All that kind of, they want to be masters. Now God says, be very careful. If God calls you to do some of these things, by all means, you should not refrain. But don't be many masters, all right? People want to take on, take on, take on. That's the one thing. Now, the Bible also reminds us that the person who knows that which is good and does, does not do it is sin. So don't think that, well, um, I know that is good. I don't choose what is excellent. You have not sinned. You have sinned. Now, the Christian choosing excellent, then that question. Excellent, this bar of excellent, God also, over time, slowly brings it up. Now, God knows what is excellent, his standard, but he also understands your strength at that time. God is gracious, God is forgiving, but God is not delinquent, all right? God is gracious, this is excellent now. I used to come to church on Sunday only. I thought that was very good. Then I began to learn that the house of prayer is where I need to be part of, that is the house of prayer. Then I began to come and then I began to learn that, oh, also, God says, neglect not the assembling of yourself. You see, now from this excellent, you, God shows you another excellent, another excellence. 
And if you now say, well, this is as far as I go, whoa, this is as far as I go, and I now have learned that this is excellent, the new excellence, and I don't do it, that is sin. That is sin. Okay? I hope this is clear. Any questions? Answered? All right. You see, when you are genuinely in your heart striving for excellence, you are getting rid of things. You are making the hard decisions. You are very pleasing to God. So don't feel that, ah, oh, I'm still in sin. Yes, we are always in sin. And that is even more, like you rightly pointed out, all the more I need God. And I'm very thankful that God is willing to forgive. Now, the other thing that I guess over time as a Christian in my own life that I've learned is this. Now, to know that God is so patient that when I don't know any sin, and yet He continues to show me he doesn't just strike me off. He shows me. Then I change. And then I fall. And yet God is patient. He continues to teach me, whether through chastisements or not. What it should do to our heart is this. God says, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. That is what it is, not hyper-grace. The goodness of God leads us to not care. The goodness of God, the Bible says, leads us to repentance. To know that God is like that, God, I want to try harder. I want to try more. I want to please you, right? So that is how we should feel. Now, next question is this. I only have 10 minutes. Um, I will answer the other one first, all right? Now, this was a long time ago. <laughs> so long ago, even the name has changed, all right? Now, is having a fake birthday on Facebook, how long ago? It's now no longer Facebook, right? It's called Meta now, is it? Is it called Meta now? Is it still called Facebook? I, nobody knows. Still Facebook, all right. Meta is just a company. Okay, I don't really use it that much. Okay, so is having a birthday on face, a fake birthday on fa Facebook a sin? It is the ninth commandment. Thou shalt not bear false witness, right? I know you can make Facebook birth dates private, etc. However, the way I was taught by cyber safety as a kid made it seem that for certain things, you should put down a, difference, a different date of birth and there are other sites which demand a date of birth. Faking names would be the same, I guess. All right, so this us two years ago. All right, so... Um, I, I dug it up and said, oh, I haven't answered this. I think it's important to answer because I think more and more people are getting on social media. All right, so this person says, well, cyber safety tells us, well, put on false birth dates for your safety. Then what about fake names? Are we bearing false witness? Okay, so Isaac goes to, Isaac goes to mommy, all right? Daddy is working, Isaac goes to mommy. Mommy, I want to ask you, you know, I need to open a Facebook account to do something. But you know, it's not safe, right, Mommy? If I put my name and my, my real name and, and birth date, people can use that, right? So he said, Mommy, how? Okay, what will Mommy say? Mommy's busy, wait for Daddy to come back. <laughs> what will Mommy say? Or something for things <laughs> What will Mommy say? You don't need a Facebook. 
If you really have to do that, why you need a Facebook? Well, schools don't force you to have a Facebook account, does it? No. <laughs> well, the kids are very, 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 very honest. No, no. Uh, for your record, John, uh, Matthew said no, all right? No, no, no. They don't. Yeah, so that's one of the answers. Then, then, then don't have it. All right, don't have it. Well, that's one answer. Now, but, but mommy, I want to log on to our church Facebook and I want to get updates from our church Facebook. All right, children are not so simple these days, right? All right, John, uh, uh, Laura, what do you say? Or Twitter or whatever else, you know? Say again, use, use dad's account. <laughs> use daddy's account. Right? Rather than a person, use daddy's account. Use mommy's name, use mommy's date of birth. And then goes to daddy. But daddy calls himself, daddy calls himself um, king of the home. <laughs> not John Sihumbing. Daddy calls him king of the home, but daddy's name is not real. And his date of birth, it looks like he's actually five years old. <laughs> daddy also like that. I'm not saying you did, all right? Now, that's the, how it is, right? Okay, uh, we, have, we use nicknames. Actually, do you use nicknames? John, uh, uh, Jonathan, do you use nickname for your Facebook or real name and real date of birth? I don't use Facebook. Now, these are real questions that can come up and your children struggle with it. And then they say the ninth commandment. Now, what happens if they do need to put it? Now, the reality is this, yes. The real names and the real date of birth, especially for adults, people can use that information um, for nefarious reasons, all right? These are important, your real name and your date of birth are some of the checks that are used for banking, for example, correct? And other things, um, address as well. So, so what should you do? What? Anyway, who use, who have Facebook and it's not your real name? Right, come on. Really? It's not your real name, you know, I, I, I repeat. You all put your real name. Oh, okay, one. All right. Well, everybody turned to work. <laughs> By the way, it's CP, right? <laughs> Whoa, CP. Ninth commandment, CP. All right, CP, should you change it? Hmm. Now, a few things. Yes, I think one of the things is well, the reality is this. It is bearing false witness. You, you can't run away from that, all right? That's the reality. I can't tell you any, any other thing. We learned this morning, I'm supposed to be light to you, okay? You have to find ways to make it more secure or safe. Now, but if the company says, you must put in your real name and you are not comfortable, then don't do it. Find other means. You get used to Bearing false witness, it gets worse when you're filling forms. If you think it's a risk, then don't do it. Find other means. Now, that's one. Okay, so I cannot tell you otherwise. I cannot tell you otherwise. The reality is this. They tell you this. You must put your real name, your real date of birth, your real address. Of course, for them, it's data mining, whatever, all right? They have their reasons. You must put it. If you do not, we consider you, for, for some kind of accounts, we consider you providing false information 
and we won't open the account. We consider you providing false information. Now, as long as they consider you providing false information, you are, you are bearing false witness. But if they say, well, you must put your real name, real address, but if you don't, well, we are not going to, we don't consider you providing false information, we will still open an account for you. That's different, right? That's different. Means you're saying, I'm provide, you know that I will provide pseudonyms for my safety. You know I will do that. And, and that, is, that is to you not, not, not bearing false. We are not lying. We are not doing, you accept that. Because you accept that for my safety, I do not want to provide it. That is different, all right? That is different. You openly, you openly say, I'm not going to use my reel. I'm going to put this. And you have no problem with that. You will open my account. And you know that I'm doing this for my safety. That's different. Now, but CP. We have two minutes. CP. All right. So Meta as a company, Facebook already said, you, we want you all to change and put in real names. Is it? Is it true? Don't know. All right. No. Uh, just say, they say, you need to. Or, or maybe you do not know. All right, so are you going to change it now? Say, delete the account. Must you delete the account? Must you delete the account? All right, so daddy finds out. Okay, daddy, daddy Alex. Daddy Alex finds out. Oh, great. Uh, Veronica did not put a real name and real date of birth. And this was opened long ago. All right? And she called herself Cute Kitty. All right? And then her birthday is 50 years old. All right? What are you going to do? You bore false witness. Go change it. Do you need to do that? Say again? Oh, so... So, okay, if, she, if, it is not, if it is private and they don't care, then it's fine. Now, my thoughts are this. If the company has not changed and they say, well, you have those names, we are not going to pursue you and, and it's fine, you can continue to use it. We know that you do all this for your safety. We're going to let you use it. Is there a need to change? No, because it's an understanding that you have not, you have not put real names for your own safety and they accept it and they let you use it. I don't think you need to go in and change. But if the company say, we expect you to change in order to continue in your account, then you have to change because that is a clear thing that you are violating, transgressing their rules, right? So that will be the case. Okay, what do we have here? Top five reasons why church dropouts, uh, what church dropouts say, why they stop attending church. Now, please remember 66% of, well, I take the American view, um, they are the most readily available results. They stop attending church at least a year after turning 18. So from